the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Retirement, savings. I got a couple other tricks up my sleeve, so to speak. I didn't show you my whole poker cards uh, out of the draw. We got things we can talk about, angles we can play, ways to look at the market. Five years ago today, fifth anniversary of the all-time closing highs on the Dow Jones Industrial Average S&P 500. Some eight months later, Bear Stearns had collapsed. Hedge funds at Goldman Sachs had really struggled. And the Dow went from record closes to the 6,000s. Hmm. I don't know. I don't put too much perspective in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I don't put too much value in it. And the reason I'll tell you why is that it's got stocks in the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30 that I don't want to own. Stocks have been massive underperformers. Had the Dow Jones Industrial Average put in Cisco, no, no, no. Had they put in Apple instead of Cisco, and that's where you start looking at it. You don't look at that index as anything. And if you do... I think you're making a mistake, and yet I'll report about it today because I think I'm supposed to. Uh, 3M never owned it. Alcoa, they're going to report earnings tonight. They're in the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30. Um, I'd play it on a cyclical recovery, but I'm not there right now. American Express, love it. Good company. Prefer Visa. AT&T, love it for the dividend. Bank of America, I think it's a value here. But year-to-date, it's up 67%. Boeing, cyclical to me. Caterpillar, nice value, has upside. Chevron, Texaco, own it. But then you start getting into names that, like, I won't own if you paid me money. Cisco, eh, I like the dividend a little bit. But, like I said, Cisco and HP versus Apple and Broadcom? or I mean, who else are you going to put in there that represents the industrial part of our economy? So there's just names in here that I just don't care for. McDonald's, I like. J.P. Morgan, I like. Johnson Johnson, I like. IBM, good. Intel, that's fine. But I think Intel and HP are too similar. Home Depot and Walmart, I like. Is, I mean, they're, they're good names. Disney's good. Disney's up 38% this year. Big loser on the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average. Hewlett Packard this year, down 43%. Hmm. So Apple's actually been a pretty big drag on the stock market, which is something we're not used to, are we? They're down 9% since September 19th. They've been a restraining influence on the broader market because they're the biggest company. Yesterday was expectedly weak, Columbus Day holiday. 464 million shares traded. It's Columbus Day. Go out and infect an Indian with, with smallpox. I know you're saying. Is that how you celebrate Columbus Day? Gosh, I was looking at my Facebook page yesterday because 
let's face it, I'm kind of a big deal. I've got my own Facebook page. And there's uh, some people posting me some happy birthday remarks. And for the record, anyone who did that, thank you. That's very kind, very generous, very sweet. I appreciate it. I feel loved. But some Italians are bitter that they didn't get Columbus Day off. To me, Columbus Day is more about the ruining of the Indian population in the United States. But, you know, I don't know. Get mad at me, I guess, you know. Some limiting factors this morning include a report on the IMF cutting their 2012 global growth forecast to 3.3% from 3.5%. Scenes of violent protests outside Athens. Disenchanted citizens are making their frustrations known to German Chancellor Merkel, who's visiting for the day. That's not a good scenario. They don't have enough income coming in to cover the taxes coming in to cover the bills going out. And how can you get mad at government for saying, you know, we've got to do something about this? Because, I mean, you would have to do something about it. Chinese stock market was a standout, up 2% on the word that People's Bank of China pumped an additional $40 billion more into the money markets that regulatory authorities are exploring ways to improve market access for qualified foreign institutional investors. The IMF cut its global forecast for China from 8% to 7.8%. Now, you may say 7.8% sounds pretty sweet, and it does. But the amount of poverty there, of people, is so staggering, you have civil unrest at, eight, at 7%. At 6%, it's government being overthrown. So they need to do everything that they can to keep that number as high as possible. There's $32 billion three-year note auction today. ACO is going to report tonight after the close. That's probably what we trade off of tomorrow. ACO is both a metals company as well as an ore company. Think of aluminum as a big chunk of rock that has to be melted down, smelted, if you will. But their businesses are in Apple iPhones. Their businesses are in soda cans. Their, bivid, their businesses are in airplanes. So tonight, when Alcoa reports, I'm going to listen. It's going to be a conference call that I hear. I'm not going to miss it. It's still funny. I've been on the West Coast for all these years, and I still refer to uh, conference calls as tonight. You know, they used to start 4.15, 4.45 on the East Coast. And by the time you were done, it was 6 o'clock, and it was kind of nighttime, right? Not so much here. Um, back to that IMF statement. That's telling you something. They said that they are cutting their global growth forecast in the euro area's debt crisis intensifies. Even slower expansion, less officials in the U.S. and Europe address threats to their economies i.e. paring back spending. So the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, is a lender, and they see alarmingly high risks of steeper slowdowns, with a one in six chance of a growth slipping below 2% for the world. Confidence in the global financial system remains exceptionally fragile. This isn't like glory stuff, is it? This is kind of dreary. Other big stories out there of note, Netflix has had a big run-up this week. Well, in the last 
five trading sessions. Uh, Bank of America downgrades them today, basically jumping from buy to sell to or to underperform. And they said, we see net additions significantly below estimates as the biggest risk to stock. Yesterday, Morgan Stanley raised its rating on the company to overweight. Stock's up 31% in the last two weeks. So I don't blame Bank of America for saying, you know what? It did what we thought it was going to do. It outperformed. And now we're, we're saying, cool it. Radio Shack's trading higher today. Bank of America, Merrill Lynch analyst upgraded the stock to, un, to buy from underperform. I can't get behind this. I just can't. They sell a couple more VCR to DVD converter cords. Smuckers is facing a shortage of Folgers coffee canisters due to a hiccup at the supplier. Quick, go out and buy your Folgers coffee. Hoard it. I know you're saying instant coffee. Like my grandmother might drink it, but no one else I know. Smuckers said they're experiencing tight supply of certain retail coffee canisters. Like, you can't make up stories like this, right? Intel's in the news today. Bernstein Research rating to for average selling prices in 2013. Intel emerged as the worst performer. The Dow Jones Industrial Average off 16 points today. Well, the Dow's off 16 points today. KBOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. Talking a lot of financial planning. Talk about putting some personal responsibility on you to make sure that you fund your, as much of your retirement as you can. I don't want you to work until the day you die. I don't want you buying individual stocks until you're worth at least $100,000 liquid. I want you to be patient in down markets. No, no, no. I want you to be greedy in down markets. I want you to have, like, whoa, kind of a, a happy response. And in up markets, I want you to, like, think maybe I should be selling into strength. Now, again, I've never liquidated 100%. I don't do that. I don't try to market time. I shift things around. Employment trends gauge decreased in September. Gauge of employment trends decreased in September, the third decline in four months, signaling that employment growth may weaken in the fourth quarter. That's according to the conference board. This is something we take a look at. It is important to note. We are not a huge nation of exporters, 12% of our GDP, but it's large enough that we don't ignore it. But we were a nation of consumers, so we want to see the jobs healthy because paycheck equals consumption. SP 500 down one, the NASDAQ down 18, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down half. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner. One of the things CFPs do is they do the big picture. They do everything. But in particular, they do estate planning. Not in particular. It's one of the things that they do. Estate planning, grats and gifts and dwindling down your wealth while you're alive in an efficient manner so that you don't get taxed a lot. Is that yeah, the like basic that. idea? I like that efficient manner, yeah, for sure. It's it's something that, you know, it's really tough to get an estate plan done when you have a tax issue because you could be worth a lot of money now, but let's say you're spending too much money and you you end up when you're 80 without an estate tax problem, right? So it's kind of pointless to do a lot of estate planning, a lot of extensive estate planning without a long-term projection, because then once you get into the estate planning side, there's different scenarios with different types of trusts that you have to model to see how does it affect me. Because usually estate planning, you know, estate taxes are really almost a voluntary tax. There's so many things you can do to avoid it, 
but you're either you know giving up some control or some income or some future gains when you do that, and you got to see how does that really affect you. And then you got to run the worst case scenario of what what if the market corrects thirty percent and you've given assets away? How does that affect you? Can you still be okay? Can you become an and I hate using this slur. Can you become an Indian giver? <laughs> Where you really, give away a million dollars and you ask for it back? You know, really the only type of um, estate tax strategy that where you can be an Indian giver um, is a 529 plan. We will never use that term again. <laughs> I don't Are people really that politically correct? They are. Days? Welcome to California. Oh, jeez. Come on. So we will get, get letters on that. And get a life. Okay, so send me an email on it. And when, can you, you when can you give and get it back? Well, so a 529 plan. So in a 529 plan, you can give up to five years worth of gifts um, to a child in a 529 plan. All right. So a married couple can give 13,000 each or 26,000 times five okay. into a 529 plan all at once. And after five years, that amount of money that's sitting in a 529 plan is completely outside of their estate for estate tax purposes. Okay. But they still control the asset. So let's say if you set up a 529 plan for Johnny, and Johnny turns out to be a punk and he's not going to go to college, right. you can eventually change the beneficiary to Sally, let's say, or to Rob Black or Chad Burton. Absolutely. And they can use it to go to college. So grandparents can, can do these setups of the 529 plan, gift a significant amount of money out of their estate, and after five years, as long as they live that long, it's, it's out of their estate. I'm but they like, still control the asset. I would be like Will Ferrell going back to college. I'd join the frat. I'd run naked. We're streaking. <laughs> We're streaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, back on topic. Uh, what's a grat and why do I care? Well, a grat's important because what has happened with 2012 is right now we can pass $5 million per person onto our heirs okay. without any estate tax. If a married couple has the right will and trust, they can do $10 million. The biggest difference is, is that even last year when the, the estate exclusion was gone, there was no limits. You could still only give a million dollars away while you're alive. Okay. okay? Um, now you can give up to five million dollars away while you're alive. So wealthy families have the ability to get this huge amount out of their estate because five million dollars now, if it's growing at a decent clip, and in in twenty years that five million could be worth twenty million with just simple seven percent growth, let's say. Right. Okay. So if you want to get that future growth out of your estate but still have some income rights to it, you can use what's called a grat for example, and grant your retained annuity trust. And it's a way, let's say, if you have, um, let's say, privately held stock in a company you think is going to go huge, um, you could gift that into the, to the grat. Uh, if you have real estate that's closely held real estate, and you could create ter- certain types of trust where even though real estate is at a big discount where, from where it was in 2007, you could gift it a potentially even bigger discount into this, retain some income rights, and any future appreciation will pass on to your heirs completely tax-free. Um, so things like grats, gifting, 529 plans, there's so many estate tax possibilities right now for the wealthy families out there. Um, you sh- there, there should be a sense of urgency. So if you're single and you're worth over you know, $3.5 million or married worth over um, you know, $6-7 million, you should really be concentrating on your estate planning this year. What else do we need to know as we're wrapping up the topic? Uh, like, for instance, I've got a grandparent who wants to give her kids, you know, money to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Do you gift it? Do you gift it to children? Like A couple things on gifting. First of all, um, 
when you when you if you want to play for a kid's education, always give directly to the institution. Okay. Because that doesn't count towards your annual limits that you can gift. Okay. Um, a second thing that you need to know is your kids will probably get divorced. Okay. okay. So if you're going to have a gifting strategy in the long term, realize that you need to educate your kids about ha- making sure that they have a separate investment account in their name only, and that they never commingle that with marital assets. So that if they do get divorced, it's not involved. If you want to gift a large amount of your money to your kids and have control after you die, you can leave it to them in trust so that they're not that they couldn't lose it in a divorce or a lawsuit. Um, but and then you can have control over your death on how much they can receive over time, so that they don't end up you know what's called a spendthrift, which is basically a person that's bad with money. But picking a trustee is important. I would never pick a large bank as a trustee. Right. I would pick small fiduciary firms or firms that specialize in being a trustee, but they don't have to be the ones that manage the money. You and want if that you need separate. a referral on that, you can get in touch with Chad at yeah. newfocusfinancial.com. It's Chad Burton with newfocusfinancial.com. If you want to talk to him about any of these estate planning concepts or ideas, he's easily found, newfocusfinancial.com. It's only a couple more days until my next little event that I'm throwing. Um, I think it's my last Saturday event of 2012. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, Saturday, October 13th. Uh, starting with Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, it's going to be at the Radisson Airport Hotel in San Jose. Uh, rebalancing your portfolio, economic outlook, forecast, tax efficient investing, safe money, bonds, dividend paying stocks, alternative investments. We talk about some of the major planning, state planning opportunities that expire at the end of the year. Uh, you need to set up a trust. If you think you're going to be wealthy in the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, if you think you're going to die in that period of time, you need to set up a trust. You can set up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Doing a Money 101, all things financial, in the afternoon. Sign up at robblack.com. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. We're headed out towards Mountain View, northbound 101 at Ellis Street. A three-car pileup is off to the shoulder. Traffic slows past the scene towards Oregon Expressway and Embarcadero Road. Northbound 101 through San Bruno, still looking at some slow traffic from 380 to Oyster Point. Also slow through San Francisco from 280 towards Hospital. Right financial decisions, or are you leaving yourself vulnerable? Find out at a costing rates this low since I started Lennox Finance. Is co-sponsored by AlexHarrisCoach.com. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Zinga's in the news today. Investors are punishing the stock yet again. Wisely so is what I would say. The company should never have come public. It is a debacle. It is a company that the insiders cashed out of, and they gave you shares of a company that's probably not worth anything. Investors are traumatized by this. Should you contact your congressman? Should you contact the SEC? I don't know, but I there's something wrong with this company. And it to me, I mean, it doesn't take a lot, right? To look at the CEO and just say that he's creepy. And when I say creepy, I mean creepy. 
So the stock's two bucks and change. One of their poker chief managers is cashed out. And this is one of the only reasons to potentially own the company. Game Maker's particularly hard hit. It's struggling to keep employees. They boost the world's most popular poker game, even if its revenues have dropped with the flight of users from casual Facebook games such as Farmville and Cityville. Seeing the stock has fallen 70% from its December IPO. Um, this is not good. It's a sinking ship, and the rats are getting off the ship. And investors haven't made any money in it, and there's no end in sight for their losses. What are you going to do if you own that one? Do you have a plan? Like, you can't just wait. I don't know. I don't want to beat it up. I do kind of want to beat it up. I don't want to beat it up. Layoffs may loom at Zynga. That's what we're talking about at this point in time. So lowest closing price ever for the company. Last night they said they expected a loss of 12 to 14 cents a share for the third quarter based on lower demand for its games. I just have to again say it. This company should never have come public. And I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I see stories like that, and I'm not going to say that they make me want to cry. But maybe weep. Maybe weep a little bit. Jerry Sandusky has been sentenced to 30 to 60 years in prison for sex abuse crimes. Penn State, a huge brand, a huge icon. Will they ever get their brand and iconish name back? Will the children who ever damage? Will they ever live normal and healthy lives? Hmm. Not going to say anything other than that. 30 to 60 years. I think it says enough. Stocks are falling while commodities gain and treasuries rise. Sometimes we look at what's happening on Wall Street and we see a little bit of a teeter-totter issue. Can we find any positives? Someone once said there's always a bull market somewhere. So we've got the SP, the NASDAQ, and the Dow all slightly lower. Slightly. But you've got oil rallying. So you've got the stock market in the United States trading at 14 times valuation. You could easily trade at 15, so that would put the SP 500 at about 1550, 100 points higher than it is right now. The problem is corporate America doesn't seem to be hurt as much as individuals in America do. And it's a little bit of a conflict. Companies are taking advantage right now of investors' appetite for yield and fear of riskier bets. Corporate America has loaded up on bonds. Investment-grade companies have sold more than 30-year bonds in the U.S. so far this year than in any full year since 1995. Corporate generations in America have put $91.9 billion of sales in the U.S. 30-year bonds. It's 26% more than $73.2 billion sold last year. Corporate America is fat with cash. Now, when you borrow cash, or let's put it, when you borrow money, and it's at 7%, as a corporation, you better put it to work. 
you got to get your bang for your buck. Now, this is important to note when cash and interest rates are at 1% to 2% and it's really not inflation, you don't have to put it to work immediately, but you have a war chest. For corporations, now is as good a time as any to raise debt. I've raised debt. I've told you I've done two refinances of mortgages. And that's going to help me and my cash flow this year, next year, and for the 28 years after that. Right now, no treasurer or CFO wants to be one treasurer or CFO who didn't get cheap long-term money when it was available. So everyone's doing it. Tap in the market, EPS. They refinance $1.75 billion of five-year bonds. General Electric. Comcast. These are big-name companies. So the cheap cost of money from QE3, you may not think has helped. It's helped. Has it been as lovely as you would want it to be? Probably not. But that's not really what our Federal Reserve does, in theory. So in Germany, not in Germany, but in Greece, Angela Merkel is visiting the country. A couple months ago, I was pretty harsh on Greece because I'm just tired of talking about Greece. They can protest as much as they want, but the truth is the country's going to go bankrupt. It's not a matter of when, if, what, why, or why, how. It's, it's going to happen. So it's important to note when we're talking about Greece that the unions are going to lose, that the pensions are going to be cut. They're going to get, whether they like it or not, austerity. In bankruptcy, they're going to have to go through and sell assets. Rumor is this morning that Facebook, and for the record, just a couple months ago, I was a little harsh on Greece, right? Like, I'm just tired of hearing about it. The protesters, just, you're not helping. Today, they're dressing up as Hitler and an SS Nazi. Or a Nazi SS. That's pretty crazy. Like, when you're starting to pull the Hitler card... You've basically played all cards. And there's not much left there. So Europe's going to be bad. It's going to be tough. Probably two plus years. Intel's weaker today. Um, other stories of note that we have to hit. Netflix gets downgrade. Bank of America, Merrill Lynch downgraded Netflix to underperform from buy. They have got a $72 target on it. It's currently at 67 it Started the morning at 73 so they basically... Where it was, they said it's now an underperform. Concerns of the customer's domestic streaming business. Apple's 10% off its all-time closing high. It's at 631. Is that something that worries you? I was speaking with a financial officer from Germany yesterday, and uh, he just can't believe. He's just stunned that uh, Apple's got as big of a market cap as it does. And it's conservative. There's no doubt about it. As an accountant, as an economic-type person, he errs on the side of caution. And uh, that just tells you. What does it tell you? It tells you that some people are still shocked. And they're allowed to be. Ford's trading moderately higher today. Morgan Stanley calls it its top pick. 
as this job problem in America continues, I think you can see more and more Americans singing some Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA. I do think domestic brands like Ford will benefit. There's a rumor that Facebook is testing out a new button. Want. Now, is that when you see you're stalking your ex-girlfriends and you put a want button on, hit them with the want button? Or is that like a product for commercialism? I don't know. I think I know, but I'm trying to be cute. I'm failing at cute today, aren't I? Some days I got it, and some days I don't. Today happens to be one of those days I don't have it. I was stuck in airport traffic this morning. Ugh. Is there anything worse? Stanley Black and Decker has entered into a definitive agreement to sell its hardware and home improvement business. Spectrum Brands. With 90% of its revenue from North America and more than 50% coming from outside the United States home centers. The divestiture of the home units. Hardware home and improvement. Meaningful step in continued diversification of Stanley Black & Decker. Their revenues in the geographic footprint. Red Lions Hotels. I know you said Red Lion Hotel. They uh, bought a hotel in Sacramento that they turned into their own brand. So they bought the Red Lion Hotel Woodlake Conference Center, and now they've made it into their own brand. I know you're saying, that's a weak story. Sometimes that's what you get. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. This Saturday, I'm going to be doing two events. First one is the Wealth Preservation Retirement Plan. That's for people who have money, age 40, 50, 60, 70. They're heading towards retirement. They're in retirement. Time to look at your portfolio. Time to rebalance it. Time to think about tax-efficient investing. CFP Chad Burton will run that event. You know, when to peel off your gains, when to sell, how to sell. Michelle C. Lerman's going to be talking trusts. This is a great year to set up a trust. I'm setting up my final trust this year, probably for the next five to ten years. Money 101 in the afternoon. That's the one that I run. It's for people in their 20s, 30s, 40s. Trying to create wealth over time. I cover all the topics from insurance, 401ks, to IRS, to asset allocations. Bad debt, good debt. Things to do the right way. Trying to eliminate mistakes. Some hints. I'm going to do what I can for you. Throw Rob Black with your money. Hi, this is Rob Black. Stocks are pulling. That street, two streets, I see you and me hanging on the end of swings. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Here, this is Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. I still seem to have a good rhythm today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I do have that event coming up on Saturday, and you can find out more about it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's a great way of supporting me. It's a great way of seeing me. Supporting me how? Well, when my management shows up and they see a lot of you there, they're like happy. They're like, there's listeners. There's viewers. It's important to them. So help out. Retailers are testing that want button over at Facebook. I don't. I'm so torn on Facebook. Part of me says it's probably bottom, but another part of me says, no, 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 you got to wait on this one. Got to wait till the insiders are out. Zynga's taught me that. Zynga's taught you that. 
Too many companies that should. Too many companies that should not come public or come public. Not much more wiggle room here for the S&P 500. Will the long uptrend be broken? We've had a very good run. Intel estimates continue to ratchet a little bit lower ahead of earnings expectations ahead of earnings season. I'll be honest with you. I think we're all past the day of I got to go get a new computer except for when it's a replacement. The sexy ads to our portfolios of computing products are Apple products. Their phones, their tablets. My desktop at home is more than fine enough. Booted up a little Call of Duty 3, more than competent. Don't have to rush out and get a new anything. So higher inventories in a weak PC market will likely impact utilization over the next six to nine months. Intel should opt to shut down some older technologies to accelerate the new technology node migration or mothball some of their new capacity. One analyst has a reduced rating and a $22 price target. Another analyst says, given our belief that Windows 8-related ramp is mostly done and ahead of a seasonally weak 2013 first half, Intel has no reason to maintain high inventories internally. Another analyst, from, in this case, Freeman Billings Ramsey, says he sees risk in the coming earnings period for not just Intel, but all players in the PC food chain. He said, we're hearing some poor initial feedback for Windows 8 devices with any inventory overhangs likely muting the Windows 8 launch. While PC chip stocks are already low, there seems to be no identical catalyst in place for some time to come. And Intel and AMD clearly have some risk here. Now, again, you don't live or die by what an analyst says, but you don't ignore it either. couple things to talk about. Where should you invest your money today? It depends on how old you are and what your time frame. So utilities, for instance, I can make a case for 3.94% dividend yield. I would start by looking at the Select Spiders Utilities Fund, ticker symbol XLU. If you've got more than $100,000 in liquid assets, otherwise, I would look at, I would probably go with the ETF versus the individual stock. Uh, I like Con Edison. I like Southern Company. Uh, again, I'm not going to jump up and down about a utility, but I'm going to nip pay attention to it for you. This winter, we're going to need our heat to survive if it's to be a cold winter. And that's where electricity companies work really well. Simper Energy, $16 billion gas utility, it's reversed sharply recently. Yields 3.6%. Ultimately, I think the utilities are a defensive sector. That seasonally bottoms in mid-March and also in the middle of October. I would recommend a combination of individual stocks and or an ETF. I would not panic. I would not get crazy. I would not get giddy. I would not think that the stock market is going to heck in a handbasket. Therefore, you are only going to own utilities. 
new uh, presidential poll came out this morning with Romney ahead of Obama. If that continues to hold, or if that's your personal belief that's what's going to happen, you'd have to look at financials. Mitt Romney has said that if he's elected president, he'll repeal a lot of Dodd-Frank. But on top of that, you have to look at health care because he's going to try to get that personal health care mandate turned over. It's all entertaining, right? I hope you find it entertaining. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. 800-516-1220. Mamas, should you let your kids play football? I look at the football injuries, and I don't think I could ever let children play football. I know you're saying, ah, you're going to turn them into sissy boys. Maybe. That's fair enough. I'm fine with that. I look at the top-paid soccer players, and you're not talking about a lot of concussions. You're not talking about a lot of suicides, which the NFL has suffered a rash of. Highest-paid soccer player, who do you think it is? It's probably not who you think it is. It's a guy named Samuel Itu. And then I can't pronounce his last name after that. Anzi Makatalakata. $25.9 million. Wow. Kobe Bryant, $27.8 million. And the NFL, Dwight Freeney, $19 million. I know you're saying, who's Dwight Freeney? And in Major League Baseball, Vernon Wells from the Los Angeles Angels. Um, Wayne Rooney from Manchester United, $17.9 million. Yaya Torre from Manchester City, $16.8 million. I don't know. As a mom, I teach your kids some soccer skills. <laughs> uh, I don't think I could watch a kid play football. That would just crush me to see my kid hurt or hit hard. Anyway, you're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. October 13th, four days from now, I do have an event coming up. It's going to be in San Jose at the airport, Radisson. Uh, one for beginners and one for advanced. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. What do you want to talk about today? We've talked about Zynga. Or is that not good enough? We could talk about the fifth anniversary of the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the SP 500 hitting closing highs, all time highs. Is that even important? I took a look in the first hour of the show today at some of the performances of the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30 stocks, and most of them I don't even want to own. You know, I like Chevron and I like Exxon. I could make a case for DuPont and American Express and AT&T. Bank of America, I think, over a 10, 20, 30, 40-year period is an okay name. Maybe Wells Fargo is a little bit better. IBM, great. Traveler's fine. United Technologies, good. Verizon and Walmart, yes, yes. Maybe there's too much telephone between Verizon and AT&T. Some of the names I don't like, because they kind of have a Johnny-come-lately feel. HP and Intel seem too similar. I would keep Intel and kick out HP. Uh, Where's the Apple? Where's the tablet? Where's the wireless device semiconductor? To complement Intel and the 
PC semiconductor. It's not there. I don't see it. Maybe it's Intel. Maybe that's the thought that someone else is having. I personally don't see it. I don't like what I'm seeing there. And I hope you get that. I hope you get that we can agree to disagree. I hope you get that neither one of us has to be right. You know, Intel, they're still going to make billions of dollars. Intel's planning to lay off, though, a small percentage of its 7,100 employees in its McAfee unit. Santa Clara-based Intel confirmed the cuts at the antivirus maker, but did not provide any more details. Softness in the PC markets caused Intel to cut its revenue forecast in early September. You know, it's going to be investing 6 to $8 billion to build new plants and upgrade others in Oregon, where it employs 16,000 Americans. And one of those, this can't be right, headlines, Nike is on the best corporate citizens list. Corporate Responsibility Magazine has named Nike as one of its top corporate citizens. Nike topped the consumer's list, sharing the honor with Mattel and Gap. The rankings are determined using public data tied to companies' responses on climate change employee relations, the environment, governance, and human rights. I'm wearing a pair of Nikes right now. I will gladly say I like Nike for the long-term patient investor. I don't think you're going to get rich quickly. I think you're going to get rich slowly. And that's okay. Do I want all of your portfolio? No. That's not how I roll. Beer stocks. There's a keg party in emerging markets. I've never been able to shotgun a beer. I know you're saying, what type of man would admit to that? Give me your man card back. You know, I've been talking about Molson Coors for years. Ticker symbol tap. That brewer is significantly cheaper than Anheuser-Busch. Now, I think we all know... I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to women, lingerie, meat, restaurants, clothing. Not really clothing, but certainly beer. So Molson Coors, I went and washed my car with that beer. I think Coors is pretty awful. Um, if we go back to 1990, this was a $9 stock. And then 95, it's an $8 stock. And then 2000, it's a $28 stock. And then 2005, it's a $33 stock. And then 2010, it's a $45 stock. And now it's just around 45. In the last two years, hasn't really done much. Yields 2.9% dividend yield. That's good enough for me. You know, Budweiser's a story as well that for a long-term patient investor, I think makes a lot of sense. It's near its all-time high. It's not perfect, but I think it's pretty good. A couple other keg party players, if we're just talking about keg party players in the developing parts of the world. Heineken. That's a little bit tougher to get. Heineken's traded on foreign markets. Um, up 66% this year. So... Why does no one like Molson Coors? And Sam Adams, another publicly traded beer company. Sam, ticker symbol S-A-M. You know, Coors has faced relentless competition from Budweiser on the low-margin, mass-market beer. 
And that's an aging and shrinking American British market. We youngins, as I like to refer to us, we like our craft beers. So the global beer market's pretty much so on its road to consolidation. People are looking at Coors, Molson Coors, and saying, you know what? Not the best. They're looking at Heineken saying, hey, probably the best. And then Budweiser, not going away. Yes, this year I expect to see Budweiser commercials. Ten years from now, I expect my kids to watch Budweiser commercials. I expect their kids' kids to watch Budweiser commercials. I expect Budweiser commercials to be enjoyed by many generations. Budweiser. So is Molson Coors a buy? I think you can make a case for it. I think they miss the party in emerging markets. I'd prefer you go with something a little bit more high-end. But they've got the, they're not okay with Blue Moon. I know you're saying, Blue Moon's a good beer. Blue Moon is a good beer. I know you're saying, if your beer, Rob, has to have an orange in it to be tasty, you're not a man. Okay, okay, I get it. I'm not a man. So markets have turned negative, and we've had an up year. We've had a great year. We've had a glorious year, I'll go as far as to say. And have we now gone into a bear market? I don't think so. But the bull market may be getting very tired. Oh, while I'm giving fruity examples of putting fruit in your beer, one more thing that I like to do is I like to freeze my fruit, my strawberries, my blueberries, my berries, and put them in water. Instead of using ice cubes, I use fruit. And you're saying, you, you've lost it, Rob. Shut down that microphone now. Intel Falls hits a new 52-week low. Semiconductor giant stock hits an intraday low. Intel's phenomenal revenue growth over the last couple of years has been out of sync with many data points in the PC market. Not a lot of significant upside to pricing right now. Social Security may rise 1.7%. Social Security recipients may get a cost of living increase between 1.5% and 1.7%. The exact size won't be determined until October 16. Last year, recipients got a 3.6% rise. Smuckers, they make a damn good jelly, but they face Folgers coffee canister shortage. J.M. Smuckers running out of Folgers coffee canisters due to a hiccup at a supplier. I know you're saying, that's awesome. That really made it into the headlines. Yeah, it did. Radio Shack is surging on an upgrade. Bank of America, Merrill Lynch upgraded the stock to buy from underperform. You know what I'd love to see? And I know you're saying you're crazy. I'd love to see Intel. No, no, no. I'd love to see Apple buy Radio Shack or Best Buy buy Radio Shack and go to smaller stores. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Well, 20 KDOW of Bloomberg Market Minute. 20 KDOW. Some of the big top headlines out there today. Companies are feasting on cheap money. Companies are treated like they're living for tax treatment purposes. They're borrowing cheap money for the future. I think the corporate balance sheets are pretty clean at this point in time for big companies. And it's worth noting. Intel hits new 52-week low. Looks like there's going to be some uh, planned layoffs at McAfee, division of Intel. Zynga's in chaos. The company might as well be on fire at this point in time.
please don't go and report that I said Zynga's on fire. But the stock's down 75%. One of their executives from the poker team quit. High executive profiles. Uh, all leaving the company. And that company, seriously, if we can't investigate them when and if they go bankrupt in the next year, as a company that should never have come public, I know a lot of the risks were laid out, but I don't think the average person understands risk. And keep in mind, there's all sorts of risk. There's currency risk. There's headline risk. There's political risk. There's global recession risk. There's risk of risk. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers, shall we? Beer. Anheuser, down 1.6% today. Um, iPad mini rumors are swirling. SP 500 down 11, NASDAQ down 44, the Dow down 82. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He is a certified financial planner with newfocusfinancial.com. One of the areas that I don't like talking about is insurance. We know about investments, fun and sexy. We know about taxes, you got to pay them. But insurance is part of the formula in getting to retirement. And I always say insure what you can't afford to lose. But I think a lot of people in the age of 20 to 50, Chad, don't really, all we think about is life insurance or homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance. I think one of the forgotten insurances is like gap insurance. I, I know it's like an odd topic to start with, gap insurance. What is gap insurance? Gap insurance is if, let's say, you, you buy a car for thirty grand, right? right? And then you turn around and total it. The insurance company says, well, at that time, your value of your car is only $15,000, but you still owe twenty because you took a loan out. You've only paid it. You've, you're, you're paying it down at a lower rate than what the value is depreciating at. So that is a very big risk, especially in the first three years that you buy a car, for example. Which I don't think people think about it, and yet I do. I think it's actually a pretty good insurance to get. It, it is, especially because we also say that you know having the higher deductible insurance typically makes sense. So if you're a person that you're doing things the right way, where you have six to 12 months worth of cash and emergency reserves if you're a younger person, right? then that means that you're allowed to then go out and get higher deductible auto policies, home policies, health insurance policies, so that your monthly premiums are lower so that you can save more money in your 401k. But if you're going to do that, typically it also means that you need that gap coverage in case you do total your car. Otherwise, you could be out of pocket five to $10,000 to get that replacement. Another yeah. little tip on insurance that I think is important is I've got a friend who lost 190 pounds. He lost a human being. I mean, he lost 190 pounds. <laughs> I'm like, did you get your health insurance uh, changed? Did you get your um, life insurance changed? Because when he got... Life insurance is a 300, well, I guess 350-pound man. He was about to die. He was a diabetic. He's actually lost diabetes. He no longer has to take insulin. So he needs to go and have all of his insurance redone. And they will lower your rate, insurance companies. They'll never raise your rate, but they will lower your rate if you do something like lose 20, 30, 40 pounds. Did you know that? No. I, it, yes, I didn't know that. It, it, oh, it, I thought I had them. It's like... Stump the let me, let me get an example, too. So people go out and they buy life insurance. Yeah. Okay, and... But when they're doing it, they're, they not they might not smoke all the time, but they might have a cigar once in a while or, yeah. or dip, you know, chewing tobacco. Right. They get rated as a tobacco user. You can go through a certain period of time with the insurance company and go back and say, I no longer smoke, I no longer chew, take a physical that proves it, send it in, and they can lower your rates. Okay. And if people bought term insurance like three or four years ago and they're still healthy, they might want to redo that plan because it's cheaper now. 
term insurance is a lot cheaper now. There's more people in the business, and insurance companies want the business. Okay, so question your insurance policies every couple of years, especially if you had some life-changing events on the positive. Really, it's 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 almost every year. It's almost okay. like you know, I'll go through and and call uh, cable bill, cell phone company, and say, I'm about ready to leave unless you've got something better to offer me. And every time I do that, every six months, it seems like I get money knocked off my cable bill or my cell phone bill, or I get some sort of incentive or a free upgrade or whatever. You know, you ask for it. They want your business. I always call the insurance company or the cable companies, and I'm saying, I'm pretty sure I didn't order Naughty Nurses 3. <laughs> so we have different conversations with the cable companies. Why is my bill $300? I mean, they say, I think you ordered four and five as well, Mr. Black. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I'm guilty. <laughs> um, so some of these insurance issues are, are, are obvious. Some, obvious. some of them are not. Um, I think the one that's also not necessarily obvious for people is disability insurance. You or I have a greater chance of being disabled before we die. Yeah. And when you're disabled in your working years, it's financially cr- crushing because you lose your income. So disability insurance is really, really important to consider. Yeah, I mean, and I'm loaded up on it because of what I do for fun. Wakeboard, snowboard, all that kind of stuff. It's more likely that I'll be injured and can't work for a while than, than, than die. So, um, and I also have, as a business owner, it's important to have things like overhead policy so that there's, there's key man disability so somebody could replace you if you're gone from your company, but also just overhead disability, which usually lasts for about six months, so it keeps the lights on. It makes the payroll payments while you're not there doing it. You know what I mean? Especially if so, that, so in a key person situation, it's also important to uh So in our little joint venture, do you have key man on you? I do. I have overhead and key man. Do we have key man on me because I bring in – I'm the rainmaker? I don't think you can qualify because of all your ailments. <laughs> what are my ailments? <laughs> okay, we're going to play – about that off air. We're going to play Stump the Burton. Stump what the was Burton. the name of the first vampire to appear in a movie? Dracula. No, it was Nosferatu. Who cares? We're playing Stump the Burton. <laughs> okay, fine. You can win a Joan Baez album if you want to call in right now, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Stump the Burton. Do you have anything else on insurance that we're missing? So maybe some of the, the finer points? Um, let's see other types of insurance. Now, it, you know, if people will look, if they don't have insurance through their employer disability insurance, which is very important. We've talked about that before. If you're, like, job hunting and you get two offers, they're pretty close. Take the one that has better disability insurance coverage often because it's expensive. But those that can't afford it could still do something like an AFLAC where it gives them some cash in their pocket if they are injured to help pay the bills over a two- to three-month period. It's still very important to look at, and you can usually pay for that with your um, health savings account or FSA account. Quick answer. Um, when should people consider umbrella insurance? As soon as they have assets outside of retirement accounts. Okay. So as soon as you have equity in your home or uh, you know tax, taxable account savings, then you want to look at umbrella insurance. It's cheap. That's certified financial planner Chad Burton. Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. One of the statistics that I like throwing out there, the average man spends about a year of his life just staring at women. Come stare at me this weekend, Saturday, October 13th, in San Jose at the Radisson Airport Hotel. Going to do a wealth preservation uh, retirement planning seminar in the morning from 9 to noon. And then a Money 101 All Things Financial from 1 to 4. They're both good events. They're very different events. Learn more about them at robblack.com.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. I went out to Tartine Bakery and Cafe yesterday for a late breakfast meeting at 10 a.m. I bring this up because I was stunned how out of touch I am at times with the average person. Now, again, this is in parts of San Francisco that it's really maybe not uh, the average, the mission. I was stunned by how many people aren't working at 10 o'clock in the morning. I was stunned by the apparel of people. I know that I live in a a fake world at times of uh, wealthy white people. I live in part of the peninsula of the Bay Area that uh, don't get a lot of color, don't get a lot of you know grit to it, so to speak, don't get a lot of artists, not a lot of blue collars. Well, there's some blue collars that have lived there for their whole lives. Um, but long story short, it, it was took me a little bit by surprise. I would say uh, I just ha- I'm a little out of touch. So I want to talk a little bit about retail. Retailers are scrambling to adapt and survive, and they all are slightly different. And survival is not about surviving the next season. It's about the ability to adapt products, costs. It's about business models. It's just about everything else crucial to survival in a global marketplace. It is not about the next season. There's a lot of global trends that are happening, and I'm going to go over a little bit of it with you there's a uh, Niels Bohr. This is what I do for a living, by the way. Uh, he said prediction is very difficult, especially about the future. And that could be more true. The competitive environment in retail is similar to a flock of birds. They all copy one another. Every single bird is affected by the flock, but at the same time, the flock is affected by the movement of every single bird. Some birds are game changers. It's what we've learned. You've seen companies like Apple reinvent retail. In a world where everybody thought that swans were white, it takes a revolutionary black swan in the world of retail to describe events that seem impossible to predict. It enters into the scene. It changes all the rules. There's a tendency to find simplistic explanations for that. You have to look out for things and signs that fit what we already know and typically overlook. There's going to be a surprise for the turkey, not a surprise for the butcher. So there's that big oops moment. The turkey never sees it coming. The lesson about the turkey is that prediction is about perspective. So you have to get perspective. In the world of retail, unrest is here to stay. The causes of the big financial crisis, Euro crisis, the tensions in the Middle East, they've not been solved, and they're not likely to be solved in the near future. But on the contrary, what we used to call crisis just may be the new normal. There's always a wall of worry, whether it's about the price of oil, whether it's about the Middle East, whether it's about uh, Kim Jong-sung numero uno. His policy on immigration is just try to escape. We'll see how far you get. So a lot of state budgets worldwide are problems. 
A lot of wars are expensive. We have to deal with those. On a global scale, what we see as single events like China, Taiwan, Japanese clash over a few tiny islands recently, Russian military buildup in the Arctic, what's that all about? The Iranian Middle East tension, they're all about control over oil, right? And ending resources, resources that are limited. These will continue to arise. They're not going away. They're going to threaten world peace for the rest of my life. And I'm good with that. So you need a plan for survival, not just for this year or next year. You need the next decade. And that's where I start with retail, but talking about retail also goes into investing very, very easily and very, very cleanly. The ability to adapt as an investor is critical. You have to see that these bad boogeymen are always going to be out there, whether it's inflation. Trust me, some years people think inflation is a boogeyman. Some people think it's recession. Some people think it's deflation. Some people think it's oil price. Some people think it's terrorism. It's going to hit again. So as an investor, you need to change. But as a retailer, you need to change your products, your costs, your business models. I saw one company is no longer in retail ever, never, ever. They said they've bought their last cash register. They're just going to use iPads from now on. Global versus local. Global versus local versus local. It's going to be a new term that you're going to start hearing more and more about. And I think it's actually kind of cool. In a world of unsafety, people will be in the market for safety. That means that local just might be the new global. So you have to think opposite. If everyone's coming to you, you need to go away. You know, in the last 25 years, we've seen some amazing things. The Berlin Wall fell. China opened up. The Internet made people come together, interact over continents. I wish I had the Internet from when I was a child because I'd still be in touch with all my childhood friends. That would be cool. That would be awesome. Did I just say cool? Oh, my, I'm old. During the 90s, retail went seriously global. Companies like Walmart, Tesco, Carefor, H&M, Zara, Ikea, Home Depot, they found a new market abroad. Keep in mind, in the 1950s, we started big box retail. Now we're starting to kill big box retail. Anything that was not global in the 90s was threatened to be swallowed up by the great retail predators. Ex-communist countries wanted anything with a Western brand on it as a sign of freedom, especially Levi's. Now, this big global initiative ended with 9-11. In its search for terrorists, it upset the Muslim world. And the method used blurred the image of the U.S. as liberators. We've been associated as liberators since D-Day, and now we're associated as sheriffs. Oil's been the cause of a lot of war simply because it's the blood system of modern transportation. So keep thinking local becomes global, global becomes local. Local brands are going to be able to challenge global brands as prices for transportation continue to rise. That's the biggest thing that I can teach you about retail right now, is that the cost of making something in China, it's getting more expensive because the price of oil will get more expensive. It's not so much manufacturing it, it's shipping it. Old-time brand champions of the West, like Coca-Cola, for example, they're not the obvious winners in developing countries and tiger economies of Africa and Asia. The image of the USA has changed from, like I said, liberators to crusaders or sheriffs. 
And you don't want that USA brand. Smaller stores are going to continue to grow as it means lower investments, lower costs, closeness to a market that you want. Like when I was at Tartan yesterday, I can't believe how many people were eating high-end, expensive breakfasts at 10 a.m. And they didn't look like they were working. But being close to that market, they want it. It's a higher sales per square foot. That store is tiny. That bakery is tiny. And it uses less energy because it's tiny. They, they have less rent because it's tiny. So social media sobriety is another thing that we need to talk about. There's been a lot of fantastic growth with the social media, and we could see all the metrics. There's a lot of different digital surf services out there for the ways we connect. We can connect with friends. We can connect with brands. Consumers are able to talk about. We can now, you know, I, I recently got a hitch put on my truck. And uh, the guy did a bad job. I needed a seven-prong. He gave me a five-prong. And uh, it couldn't pull what I needed it to pull. Long story short, he said, don't forget to write a good Yelp review about me. So social media platforms made it possible to connect with brands and to share views and experiences and influence. This challenging situation in the world where the largest brand could project any message of, by being the highest bidder on that media site. So I worry about the power of Facebook. And with Yelp, I worry about the power of the jerk. You know, I wasn't meant to have the best retail experience every time I go and spend money. And yet I'll slam you on Yelp or someone else will. When new things pop up, some people tend to believe it will replace everything else, but it won't. Now I'm coming back on you. Some things will remain the same. They won't all go global. So there's more possibilities. There's more dialogue with customers. Consumers will help you spread the message. You know, pre-tail, retail, and post-tail. When talking about retail, you have to look at it this way now. Pre-tail is Google, it's Facebook, it's Flickr, it's Twitter. Retail is online, service retail, traditional retail. And then there's that post where you share your experiences and your conquest of how great it was. And right now, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, all doing very, very well. Good and bad experiences are being used by consumers to facilitate the decision process. Amazon's a search engine now because when I go there, I search for a product that I want. And first thing I do is I look at the reviews. Social media is a bad expression. It suggests that by using it, you are a definition, that you can define something. But people, we're not that social online, and to be quite honest, we don't know who we're listening to online. I'll talk about this in the next segment a little bit more, but more importantly, i got a seminar coming up this Saturday. I hope a lot of people sign out for it because it's a way of supporting the show. I've got a wealth preservation retirement planning in the morning from 9 to noon. I've got a Money 101, all things financial. And by supporting, I just attendance is nice to see. It's nice to see real people. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. You can find out more about those seminars in San Jose at robblack.com. Black and Your Money. Over the
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Zynga failed. And for now, I'm going to put my price target at zero. Unless someone like Amazon.com steps in and buys them. They sold virtual goods on desktops. And the desktop quickly shrank into a smartphone for Facebook. That's why they failed. Also, they have a horrible CEO who's a miserable human being. He gave stock options to employees, then he took them away. Basically, every executive has left the company except for him. The company bought Game With Words, or I don't even know how to say it. Words with friends, Game With Words. <laughs> That's funny. Um, $53 million. They have basically wrote it all off. So basically wrote it all off. Uh, the two brothers who invented it walked away with millions, left the company laughing. So uh, Pink has got a image problem. So back to a little bit on retail. And I'm a big fan of retail and trying to understand it and how there's a new norm of how we pre-tail, we retail, and we post-tail. So we do a lot of research, word of mouth, social networks, ads, naps. Then we get more detailed information in the store. Then we basically shop that online. Then we basically decide if we want it now or if we want it in a couple days. After the experience, very few of us use word of mouth and social networks, but some of us do. I think social media is a bad expression. It suggests that by using it, you're a definition of truth, and I don't think that's true. You know, social media marketing madness. I'm a marketer. I'm a, I blog about marketing. I have a podcast about marketing bloggers. I tweet about podcasters that talk about marketing bloggers. I've got a Facebook group for Twitter users that tweet about podcasters that talk about marketing bloggers. Like, that's how ridiculous we are at this point in time. Everyone has an opinion. Social media sobriety, the understanding that it is not the holy grail, that it's still about a local experience. Likes are not the same as money. Sharing is not the same as getting a customer in the door. Return on investment is crucial. It's never going to change. Whether the internet starts beaming us across the galaxy or not. Now, you have to embrace technology and how it's being used. There's something now called the concept of second screening. That's where you're watching television, but you have your iPad in front of you. So you have two screens, and you see something on TV, you look it up on the web. So it's speeding up the way we change our behaviors on deciding on retail. So we still get a commercial on TV. You know, maybe you're watching TV. Maybe you're watching Mad Men, and you, know, uh, you want to cancel cable, so you want to go to iTunes and download it. Absolutely. Maybe you're watching a commercial for GM truck, and you want to see, does it truly have the highest get a pulling capacity? Mobile devices have made it so easy to research competitor prices. And it's made it possible to interact with ads, products, and stores by scanning you know, codes for several effects. That's old news at this point in time, but for some people, they still don't understand it. In the years to come, it's going to lead to an explosion of augmented reality apps by which you can get information from your surroundings by simply pointing your camera at them. Apps can display information, like, for instance, if you see a for sale sign in front of a yard, you can point your phone at it. And you're going to start getting everything about that house, who the previous owners were, how much did they pay, what's their mortgage rate, what's the neighbor's house worth, did they do improvements inside the house. So there's going to be some mania. 
you know, you continue to see new ways of inventing stuff. Google came up with that ridiculous set of Google Glasses. And what that's really going to be all about is you're not going to wear Google Glasses. To, well, okay, maybe you're, you're single and you wear Google Glasses and you can see who's single and who's not single. But the Google Glasses might be more so when you're watching TV or when you're shopping. That augmented reality where it'll see what you're looking at and it'll help you with a lot of data. So there will be a lot of new store effects put in place because of technology. Cash is so 20th century. PayPal, Google Wallet, Visa. These are going to be four. They all have a play here. Uh, processed payments. PayPal processed payments of $78 billion in 2011. That's up 36% from 2010. We're going to see an explosion in how, to make, how we make it easier because cash is dying. You know, a decline that started with growth of credit cards in the 1950s. Cash has dug its heel in for small value transactions, but with the arrival of each new technology, Starbucks has a mobile app now where you can go and get $25, $50 on your phone, and you just pay with your phone now. And when you walk in the store, they're like, ah, you, hey, Rob, you want that latte? The comma makalai. Uh, cash is further and further marginalized. Further and further. Customers who decide, in my opinion, you know, we're going to be what's offered, where is it offered, who's offering it, and how it's offered. How it's offered is the concept, the visuals, the technology. Who is the brand and the positioning? What is the service or variety? And how can I get it? So retail's rapidly changing, and technology's pushing it from multi-channel to hyper-channel, from discount to authenticity to knowledge, and somewhere in between. So there's the service concept where you get weighted on hand and foot. There's the self-service where you're kind of a partner to the business. And there's the interactive concepts where as a customer, you're part of the concept. Like Build-A-Bear is a good example of that. Anyhow, we'll talk about this and more about how you're going to have to change the way you think if you're going to be a successful investor. Change the way you're going to think about retail. You're listening to me, Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com, robblack.com. i got two events coming up. Um, I'd love for you to come out Money 101 from 1 to 4, Saturday, October 13th, Bradison Hotel, San Jose Airport. I'm doing Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning that morning from 9 to noon. You know who you are. Wealth Accumulation, Wealth Preservation. Sign up for whatever events you at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Have you still not refunded? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.